When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Crone and Harry Douglas holding it down on this Friday afternoon. Let's tap in now with Tarika Foster-Brasby, ESPN Senior Social Media Manager, also covers the WNBA for our network. She is in Chicago for All-Star Weekend festivities and we would be remiss if we did not start out, Tarika, talking about Brittany Griner. We know that she went to court yesterday, pled guilty in Russia for possession of hashish oil. And I want to know from your perspective, just how much is she being talked about there? I know she's on the minds of just about everybody, but what is her presence like at the WNBA All-Star festivities, even though she's currently detained in Russia? Yeah, well, first off, thanks so much for having me on the show today, guys. Um, yeah, Brittany is certainly on the hearts and minds of everyone here that's present. I actually just left a brunch event um, in which it was hosted by Dana Evans, who is a member of the Chicago Sky. And one of the first things that was mentioned during that brunch was simply that we're thinking about Brittany, that we want to continue to push her story forward and do everything that we can possibly do from here um, ESPN's TJ Quinn has really done a great job of detailing, you know, everything that's going on from the trial to what it all means to why, you know, she needed to plead guilty and the strategy that is behind it. And so um, we understand that this is definitely a process. It's something that's going to, you know, going to take a little longer than we all expected to. But most certainly here, she is certainly being talked about it and is on the minds of everyone here. They also made her an honorary member of this year's WNBA uh, all-star team. And so they're going to find, continue to find ways to ensure that her presence is felt, even though she isn't physically with us. That's amazing. So right now in the WNBA, you have about four teams where two games separate these four teams. Who has been the most impressive team so far in the WNBA? Gosh, I really got to give it to the Chicago Sky. Um, they're sitting at the top of the of the leaderboard right now, and they look like a team that is ready to repeat for a championship. I mean, it's certainly a turnaround. Um, they started the season uh, very much on a on a mediocre path, and and you know you never want to be that team that hits your peak too soon. Um, it worked for them last year to peak at the right time, and they're doing it again today, led by Candace Parker. Um, she's been such a, a presence, such a veteran leader for this team. And we don't know if this is her last season. There's some speculation that she may be considering calling it quits soon. And, you know, we're not ready for that. We're not ready for Candace to, to hang, up the, hang up the sneaks. So um, she's certainly been leading her team. Um, I think she is is someone who really wants to continue to to keep pushing this team forward in terms of their you know being able to to stay on top of the leaderboard and and, and really vie for a repeat championship in the city. Certainly loves it and deserves it and supports the sky. Um, so they have certainly been 
impressive and you know sitting right behind them has been Las Vegas Las Vegas Connecticut Washington these are the teams that are consistently being discussed but you know Las Vegas and Connecticut are are falling behind a little bit they have gone on a little bit of a rut a little bit of a losing streak and it's given opportunities for teams like Seattle to catch up and teams like Washington to catch up so you know while Chicago is sitting up top be on the lookout for everyone else if you had to pick one team that can threaten the Chicago sky, who would that one team in your eyes be? Oh, that's a tough one, Harry. Um, honestly, I think the team that we really might be, you know, need to look out for is maybe Dallas. Um, Dallas is a team that, you know, they're they're in the they're in the top eight. So, you know, for those listening who aren't aware of how the WNBA playoffs work, they're the top eight teams regardless of the conference are the two teams are the eight teams that will be represented in this year the format's a little different where the first and second seed previously had bye games. This year there won't be. So they're the best two of three uh, format and I think Dallas is a team that, you know, while they sometimes struggle with the beginning of games, they figure out how to close, led by Enrique Agumbawale, who's amazing as far as knowing how to pass, knowing how to pick her shots. Um, they're a team I wouldn't want to see in a playoff, right, especially in a two-out-of-three format. Um, they, they are a team I think that could match up well and could certainly give Chicago um, – not necessarily win it, but certainly give them a run for their money. And I think Washington is another team um, that you just have to be. If Elena Deladon is playing, if Elena Deladon is healthy, she's had some back issues. They've been very restrictive with her minutes and her gameplay, very selective with when she plays. But when she's on the court, she's unstoppable. And Washington is another team that I think could certainly challenge Chicago for that number one spot. We're talking with Tarika Foster-Brasby, ESPN Senior Social Media Manager and WNBA reporter who was in Chicago for All-Star Weekend. The festivities for the WNBA All-Star Game tip off at Wintrust Arena July 9th and 10th. What do you make, though, of some of the non-All-Star game news um, that has to do with Skylar Diggins-Smith. I mean, there's reports out there that the Phoenix Mercury have explored trading her. I'm trying to make sense of this because this is somebody who's averaging over 19 points and five assists per game. So from a production standpoint, she's been fine. What's going on here? What's the latest? You know, there is never a shortage of drama in the WNBA and certainly not in Phoenix, right? So... Um, it's interesting that the news came out that they were possibly exploring a trade, but I want to, you know, make sure we set the scene and understand this. Phoenix is a team that's really going through a lot of changes this season, right? Um, there's a new head coach. This team has been coached by Sandy Brondello for years. And this year they brought in Vanessa Nygaard. And from the beginning, people were questioning, you know, what was the purpose behind this move or what was the rationale and why Vanessa? Then you add to that, that it's star player, the person that truly makes this team go, you know, has been detained in Russia. Then you add to that that they didn't really get the start that they really wanted, uh, learning that chemistry, trying to figure out ways to play with each other. Then there was the spat between Diana and Skylar Diggins on the sideline. Now you add to that, two weeks ago, Tina Charles decides that she wants to leave the team midseason and goes to the storm. So there has certainly been a lot going on with this team. And it seems to me that the internal issues are starting to boil over from several different places. Um, Skyler has been someone who's been not only productive for this team from an on-the-court standpoint, but she's someone who you could literally give her a clipboard right now and could pick it up, draw up plays, 
coach a team. Like she's her basketball IQ is ridiculous. And so when you couple all those things in with the strong personalities and the strong mindset of someone like a Skylar, added in a Diana, added in now a Diamond DeShields who's there and a Sophie Cunningham, you've really got yourself really a, a, a perfect storm, so to speak. So um, I don't think that they are going to trade her. I don't see you know, Skyler being the person that has literally led this team and really is the reason that they're even in a position to try to close that gap to make a playoff push. I don't think that Phoenix is going to, you know, go deep into the playoffs this year. But realistically, it's just such a big boil of emotion in, in Phoenix right now that it makes a bunch of sense that there may have been, you know, conversations about trading her. But I don't really think that they are going to make any moves, especially after the loss of Tina Charles. They certainly need someone of Skyler's leadership to continue to push this team in the right direction. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's truly just a bunch of emotions that I believe. Tarika, awesome stuff. Hold it down in my city for me this weekend. Appreciate it. Shaw City. I got you, Courtney. That's Tarika Foster-Brasby, ESPN Senior Social Media Manager, WNBA Reporter, live from the Shy as the WNBA gets ready for All-Star Weekend. And as a reminder, you can watch all the All-Star festivities on ESPN and ABC. We'll be pro- they will be providing multi-day coverage of the 2022 AT&T WNBA All-Star Weekend. Live from Chicago is the reigning WA. WNBA champion Chicago Sky hosts this premier midseason event. ESPN is going to air the skills competition and the Mountain Dew three-point contest from McCormick Place, 3 p.m. on Saturday, July 9th, before ABC televises the 18th WNBA All-Star Game from Wind Trust Arena, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up next, James Harden has agreed to a two-year contract with an option with the Philadelphia 76ers taking a $15 million pay cut. What does this do for Philly as they try to get into the Eastern Conference race for a title next season? We discuss next, Kenny and Carlin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Annie and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Harry Douglas, Courtney Cronin, sitting in for the guys on this Friday afternoon. Be sure to tune in to an American League rivalry tomorrow night as the Red Sox host the Yankees, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. So if this was peak summer radio, lazy summer radio, we would end up talking about Yankees, Red Sox, is it the best rivalry in sports? But because we are professionals here at ESPN Radio, we have plenty of, to, of meat on the sports bone, so to speak, right now to talk about. And that includes James Harden agreeing to a two-year contract with an option with the Philadelphia 76ers. He takes a $15 million pay cut. I go back to what happened at the end of the 76ers Eastern Conference semifinal series with the Miami Heat, where James Harden, Harry, was asked about the sacrifices he would make for this roster to become a championship caliber group. And he said at that point he'd be willing to do a lot of different things to make them more competitive, to allow them the flexibility to go out this offseason. We know that they just got P.J. Tucker from the Miami Heat. If you didn't see the funny exchange on Instagram between Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker, I, I can't talk about it on air because he uses some some not-so-friendly uh, <laughs> language, but it was hilarious nonetheless. Um, but that allowed them to improve their roster. And as we see today with this report from The Athletic that James Harden agreed to a $15 million pay cut, it's one thing to talk the talk, but he's walking the walk, backing up his actions to make this roster more competitive so they can actually go contend for a title next year. Courtney, the best thing that you have said when you started this 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 mentions of of James Harden is sacrifice, mm-hmm. the word sacrifice. And in order to uh, for a lot of things to get done for the 76ers, James Harden had to sacrifice and he did that. We also see James Harden running up the hill um, I think that was in Texas because I see a lot of other guys doing sure. it as well in a lot of different sports. Conditioning. Getting his conditioning in so he can be in tip-top shape. What also is going to happen with this team uh, when they return to training camp, is that they're going to have a full offseason together as a whole with Doc Rivers in his system. And they're not going to be trying to learn things on the fly. Now let's talk about some of the pieces they've added to their team. Because right now in the East, I have the Philadelphia 76ers in the in the Milwaukee Bucks. Those are the two teams right now. I understand the Boston Celtics, they got Malcolm Brogdon and they went to the NBA Finals. But with the pieces that the Philadelphia 76ers added on top of a full offseason, I'm banking on Joel Embiid being healthy. To go with a Tobias Harris, a Tyrese Maxey, but you just mentioned they 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 got they brought in PJ Tucker, who has played that with toughness. him in Houston. Like yes. They get reunited. They have that. He has that toughness, that aura about himself. Uh, uh, I think a guy that every team needs. Mm-hmm. They also added DeAnthony Melton from the Memphis Grizzlies, who can come in and be instant offense. Because that was another thing that hindered this Philadelphia 76ers team was their bench not coming in and being the spark that they needed it to be. They also signed a guy named Daniel House Jr., who's going to play a vital role in coming off their bench. Mm -hmm. So you look at all the pieces that they have added to this team to go along with the players that already have been there. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. And everything is shaping out the way Daryl Morey wanted it to shape out with James Harden sacrificing, adding a few more pieces to the puzzle you got you got Tobias Harris, who I think is going to play a bigger role next year as well. Uh, we know James Harden isn't the player that he was when he was in Houston, and I think he kind of understands that too. And he sure. knows he has to train differently than, than 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 when he was younger. 
That's just how it goes when you get older, when you're playing a sport. You can't do the same things that you normally would do in the offseason. You have to focus a little bit more. You can't binge, drink. You can't party all night. You got to stay committed to your craft. That's what you have to do. So moving forward, this 76ers team and Doc Rivers, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. If this team don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with the opportunity to go to the NBA Finals, Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of people are going to be questioning a lot of things in Philly. And a lot, when I mean a lot of things, a lot of things is going to be Doc Rivers because oh, this yeah. team does have a full offseason now. I mean, hell, together. they were questioning him as of two months ago. Yes. There were the reports about him potentially being linked to the Lakers job if he was indeed going to be on his way out of Philadelphia after the six-game series with the Miami Heat. That obviously did not happen. He's staying. James Harden is staying. And Harden turned down $15 million in order to do that. Now, the $47.3 million max salary he could have earned on his player option this season, like there's that element of it. But because he gets, you know, he takes the pay cut, he still gets the extra year there. Like that's a, that's job security for him. The Nets offered him like the long term extension. He turned it down, and and clearly he must have a crystal ball because he saw something that <laughs> Kevin Durant didn't do when he signed his long term extension. And the Rockets also offered him one too, but he declined on both fronts. So that allows him that allowed him to make his way to the Philadelphia 76ers. While his value was declining, I mean, you look at his numbers in 21 games in the regular season played with the with the um, Philadelphia 76ers after he started the season with the Brooklyn Nets. He averaged 21 points per game and in 10.5 assists per game. That's not old James Harden, especially the shooting. I mean, that has been streaky. We know that he's a volume shooter. We know that he has to take a lot of shots to get in his rhythm. We also know that that playoff narrative around him has oh, not gone away his entire career. He disappeared this year. He disappears every he disappeared. year, Harry. He like, disappeared when they needed him the most. I couldn't believe my damn eyes. No, and, and that's the frustrating thing. To me, this pay cut shows you he realizes Recognizes that. Like, he's not that same guy anymore. He, and he's never been that guy in the postseason for any of the teams that he's played with. And I wonder if he's looking at it like, hey, my value's declining. First off, I'm lucky as hell that I even had a chance to earn a $47.3 million player option because I'm not a top 10 player in the NBA anymore. Sorry, you're not. You're not 2018 James Harden. I agree. And he probably now knows his only ticket to winning an NBA championship, being a part of a team that has one because he doesn't have one yet is by allowing them to go out and get other pieces. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, who is a young, up-and-coming talent, he'll be going into his third year, he did a lot of the legwork for James Harden this past season, playing in a role that James Harden's typically used to so he could do other things because we know um, they had to change his role. i got to give a shout-out really quick to Sam Cassell. Okay. Because Sam, Sam Cassell is a guy who on the bench with, for them, right? Yeah, who works with Tyrese Maxey. He played the guard position at a very high level when he was in the NBA. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure I give Sam Cassell that love because mm-hmm. the growth of Tyrese Maxey from year one to year two was remarkable last oh, year. Oh, absolutely. And they needed him. Can you imagine? They wouldn't have gotten to the semifinals without him. I, I think that's an absolutely fair thing to say. But now they're going to try to get past the Eastern Conference semifinals, try to make it to the NBA finals with a roster that has been upgraded in a lot of different ways. Most recently, P.J. Tucker, the former teammate of James Harden, Signing the non-taxpayer level, excuse me, non-taxpayer mid-level exception, and then Daniel House 
Uh, as Harry had mentioned, somebody coming off the bench. They needed to fix their bench. They needed to fix their depth. They got him on the biannual exception. A lot to keep track of here. The most important thing to remember is that James Harden is now walking the walk after talking the talk. Took a $15 million pay cut to stay with the Philadelphia 76ers and allow them to build in the process. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app coming up next. Do the Chicago Bears do enough to help Justin Fields this offseason? We will discuss, but first, Harry's going to tell you this about Indeed. If you're finding yourself needing to find your next great hire, then you need Indeed. Their hiring solution makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can conveniently schedule and conduct virtual Video interviews, write from Indeed on hiring dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and earn up to $500 in sponsored credits when you conduct virtual interviews. Terms and conditions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas. All right, we're going to get into SWAT analysis for the Chicago Bears, part of ESPN Radio's two-a-days as we get ready for training camp. The Bears report to camp on July 26, when my life effectively ends for the next 27 weeks because I cover the Chicago Bears for ESPN's NFL Nation Um, Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the Bears. Harry, let's start with the strengths for this team. We know that they had a massive overhaul with the coaching staff, with the front office, and with the roster this year. As you look at this group, what stands out as a strength? For me, it's the running back room. When you look at a guy like David Montgomery, the last three years for the Chicago Bears, he's been uh, phenomenal for them, being able to rush the football and get the yards he's able to get. And then you have Khalil Herbert. Uh, you also see Darrington Evans, uh, Trist, uh, Tristan uh, Ebner. They drafted him from Baylor. But you look at this room, and what's a, what's 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 a quarterback's best friend, especially a young quarterback? A running game. A run game. Mm-hmm. 
So those that that's my strength for the Chicago Bears. So they have a new offense that they're installing with Luke Getze, who was the quarterbacks coach, pass game coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. So I think with him being the offensive coordinator, you can probably expect a lot of the same concepts that you see from this Shanahan style of offense because Matt LaFleur is the head coach in Green Bay. We know where he comes from. We know what tree he's part of. And, and I've got to ask you, like, as far as what we saw Justin Fields, like the, the, the bad things from him last year, I think a lot of that's predicated on the fact that he was in a drop-back game. When you're dropping back 40 times a game as a rookie, like, no play action, no changing of the launch points, no boots, like well, all these things that help you as a quarterback. Terrible. It's terrible uh, from a KYP standpoint, mm-hmm. knowing your personnel from the head coach and everyone involved in that situation because you would think if you have a guy that you know probably is going to hold the ball too long, you would probably want to utilize his strengths to get him on the edge and use the, the, the play-action game, the boots, the waggles, even use him in the run game a lot more. Get him out on the edge, out from behind that terrible offensive line. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I think I know where you're going here. Your weakness for the Chicago Bears. The number 58 stands out to me. And it stands out to me because that's how many sacks the Chicago Bears. I thought you were going with Roquan Smith. I was supposed to be like, he's not a weakness. He's like their only strength. <laughs> that's how many sacks the Chicago Bears offensive line gave up last year, which happens to be the most in the National Football yeah. League in 2021. This offensive line was a deficiency the year before last. It was a deficiency last year. I do not like the approach that they took this year in free agency Mm -hmm. with their offensive line. Not going after a big name and trying to get somebody to secure things for your young quarterback. So I'm going to go with the offensive line. Yeah. I think that weaknesses could, for me, it's either the offensive line or it's the receiving core. And what they didn't do, I think either one of those could have been addressed more than they already did in the draft and in free agency and you know the, the rumor and buzz around this team was that oh well they've got time they have the third or fourth most cap space right now still in the NFL they can make a move well it's July 8th we haven't seen any big moves made I mean they've added a couple receivers here and there um, nobody of like you know of note outside of Byron Pringle who was their bigger free agent acquisition this offseason, Valus Jones Jr., who is speedy, and he was a great pickup for them uh, in the third round, probably available later than most people would have thought, but you could probably look at either of those position units as big question marks and potentially the weaknesses for this Chicago Bears team. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Harry Douglas, Courtney Cronin. Okay, opportunities for growth. Where could this happen for them and Justin Fields this year? I say Justin Fields, being able to understand the timing of the NFL game, getting the ball out of his hands, not holding it, just having the ability to grow as a quarterback in your second year. Now, granted, um, things might not be like you see other second-year quarterbacks, uh, the weapons. You might not have the weapons that they have, but you have to make it work. Uh, The run game is going to be very, very valuable. For him, but I, I I I believe in Justin Fields, and when you have a talent like that, a guy that can do it in a lot of different ways, you you have to make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. So here's here's the big conundrum: How can Fields improve within the confines of what he has to work with? Like, how do you do that? It's, it's, it's hard. It's it's hard because I don't think they made the proper moves offensive line wise. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they made the proper moves at skill position-wise. I talk about the running backs. I'm talking about wide receiver-wise. So it's going to be tough. 
It's going to be tough. And right now, he's saying the things in the media that he has to say. But deep down inside, he's probably like, damn, they didn't give me the, the, the proper toys. I just, that's that, that to me is the big storyline with this team. How can Fields in year two not let the burden of winning games? We all know that this is not going to be a very successful football team, at least right now. They're not set up for that. So can he get better so he can set himself up to really succeed in year three? Because we're not going to know whether he's that franchise guy after year two. We're just not because of the lack of moves that they made to put him in a position to succeed um, with everything else around him. Okay, threats for the Chicago Bears. I'm going to say threats. The inability to not have people to throw to. When I look at Trevor Lawrence and what Jacksonville has done, they tried to get him some weapons. Mm-hmm. When I look at Zach Wilson and the New York Jets, they've got him some weapons now. When I look at Trey Lance, Trey Lance had the best weapons of all yep. the second-year quarterbacks. When I look at Justin Fields, I'm sad because Justin Fields is from Georgia just like me, and I want to see this young man succeed. I've actually been around him on numerous of occasions through a mutual friend that's his, his best friend. I want to see this young man have production in the National Football League, sure. but he has to be able to have people around him to do that. We just said that. Sound like we're beating a dead horse. But I don't give a damn. I'm going to continue to say it. I play wide receiver. He needs more receivers. He needs more toys. You hear it from the horse's mouth. Harry was a wide receiver in the NFL. You know the importance of it for quarterbacks, especially second-year ones trying to make the jump. Um, might not see that jump that much in year two for Justin Fields, but he's got he's to find ways to improve within the confines of what he has been given to work with this season. Coming up next, the Bears actually shut down a Soldier Field Dome proposal, which is not really a proposal. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is doing with her Hail Mary attempt to keep the team in downtown Chicago. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN App. The Chicago Bears purchased a massive piece of land for nearly $200 million out in Arlington Heights, Illinois, which is about 30 miles away from where they currently play at Soldier Field on the lakefront in Chicago. There's been a long-standing conversation around this team, Harry, about whether the Bears will stay in Chicago and play at Soldier Field, which many have said is not the nicest of conditions. It's the smallest stadium in the NFL, just over 61,500 capacity. It does not have a roof. Some people like the elements, but that stadium itself and the field conditions have always been a problem. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot the 11th hour of this thing taking place said that she's created like a working group to discuss putting a roof dome over Soldier Field to try to keep the city, to try to keep the Bears in the city. The Bears responded today via statement saying, you know, their only focus right now is play is working on potentially building a stadium in Arlington Heights. But. They don't even know what they're doing with that land yet. So they say they haven't even closed on it. The goal is to do that by the end of like quarter one next year. So all of that said, you played in the NFL for a long time. What were your thoughts? I mean, what are your memories of playing at the dump known as Soldier Field? Great ones. Um, I think my first time actually playing there, Lance Briggs knocked me out on the under route that I tried to catch on the backside. So I went into the locker room with a concussion. So that's a great memory for you? Well, just uh, being at Soldier Field period, though. You know? So you like it as a player? Uh, With your nine yeah. different cleats you probably no, had no, to no. bring to prepare for yes it. Yes and no, because that's the thing. I could never wear my, 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 my regular cleats. I always had to wear my screw-ins. 
The really because, long ones, yes, right? Yes, which okay. actually hurts your feet a lot more. That means you're sticking pe- in the yes. ground? Okay. Um, Ouch. The other time I played, we actually won. I think I was with the Tennessee Titans, and we won that game. But I think what I enjoyed the most is that the Chicago Bears, the second time around, they weren't a good football team, but the stadium was still packed. Mm-hmm. It always is. But I don't understand these teams. Like, you see Buffalo, they build, they want to build a new stadium, but they don't want a roof. If you build a retractable roof, you can make the decision if you want the roof open or not. If, in these cold cities, just Doesn't make sense. have the option. If you don't want to be indoors, just open it up. I, I do not understand in 2022 we're not building retractable roofs on stadiums. And I know that the proposal here, and it's not even like a real proposal. There's been nothing concrete presented to the Bears. It's an idea that's out there, but it's an idea that's coming in way too late from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot in trying to keep the Bears in Chicago. In my opinion, they're all but five feet out the door on their way to Arlington Heights, dome or not, at Soldier Field. Feels that like they've got far bigger concerns on their plate than this. I think the sound that they just used was one of my early KJM hits because I sounded really tired on that. Candy oh, and Carlin, did. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas. I almost didn't recognize myself on that because I sounded so nasally and probably half asleep. Uh, we're going to continue talking about the Chicago Bears with Nick Moriano. He covers the Bears for CHGO. Nick, let's start on fields because you and I were both out there at minicamp last month getting a chance to kind of see what a three-day stretch really looks like for the Bears quarterback, the ups and downs. What are your biggest takeaways with fields having seen him throughout the spring? Yeah, I think, Courtney, the big thing with Justin Fields is when he does have a bad day, and there were some bad days throughout these OTAs, he does follow that up with a, a, a day where he looks, he's spot on with his receivers, where he's able to make the connections with, you know, the lack of weapons that the Bears currently do have on this roster. So I think that's supposed to, it, it, it's reality, right? He's getting a new offense. He's with guys that he's not really familiar with outside of Darnell Mooney and maybe Cole Komet. So, you're going to have these up and down days as you're still learning this offense and getting new pieces into ultimately what's going to be, like you said, a a year where it, it could realistically be tough for the Chicago Bears. Nick, when you look at this offensive line for the Chicago Bears, they were horrible last year. They allowed the most sacks in the NFL with 58. How do you think it's going to be different this year with them not making a splash move for a well-known guy or well-known guys to join their team? Well, Harry, that's a really good question because there's still question marks on this offensive line as it is. Uh, the last couple of days, uh, Courtney and I were at training or um, minicap these OTAs. You had Braxton Jones, who was a fifth-round draft pick, starting at their left tackle position, and Larry Borum, who was also a former fifth-round draft pick, starting at the right tackle position, and their second-round pick, Kevin Jenkins, was in the second team. So for an offensive line that had its struggles last season, they didn't really, like you said, add any high-caliber guys to improve it. You look at Lucas Patrick and center, that, that will be an upgrade over Sam Lucifer, who is now moving at the right guard spot. But as it stands today, there's still so many unanswered questions with this Bears offensive line that you saw Justin Fields running a lot to avoid pressure. It realistically could be the same in this 2022 season, but that's where you hope that Luke Getze and, and Scheme can maybe help some things out, but this offensive line has plenty of issues. We're talking with Nicholas Moriano. He covers the Chicago Bears for CHGO. 
the big issue this offseason, there were many of them, whether it was the offensive line and what they did to not address that unit. Same with the receiving core. It kind of felt like Ryan Poles, the new general manager, could throw a dart at the board and land on any position and know that it would be money while we're spent, draft capital while we're spent. And I remember the stat I came across with the cornerback group, that a cornerback was the nearest defender on 27 of the 31 passing touchdowns that the Bears allowed last year. So I felt like Kyler Gordon and then Jaquan Brisker, back-to-back picks in the secondary, made this unit significantly better than what it was last year, even if they were neglecting other areas of the roster. How did you see it? That's how I kind of saw it too, Courtney. It's like there were so many holes going into the 2022 season that Ryan Poles can look at his board and went with his plan of best player available, and that so happened to be Kyler Gordon was first pick and Jaquan Brisker, and they are upgrades for this Bears defense and much-needed upgrades. So being that Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded head coach, it made sense that they went with the defense and addressing that with their first two picks, but this ultimately will help Eberflus and what he wants to do with this Bears defense. And I know a lot of fans, a lot of people wanted to see a, a, a wide receiver drafted in the second round, but still the Bears got better on that end and ultimately it should help the team out, maybe create some of those takeaways that Eberflus has been preaching in the off season about Justin Fields, but they needed to address the secondary and they definitely did that. Now, I got to ask you about the defensive line because two guys who I was very high on, even though Cleo Mack didn't play much last year because of injury, but Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is a guy that I view as nasty that you just want on your defensive line because you know he's going to give them hell. What are they going to do defensive line-wise? Yeah, that's also another good question. They're, they're having a lot of faith now in, in Justin Jones, who really was their plan B at the three-tech position, a very key, important position in Matt Eberflus' defense. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on Justin Jones being that guy that can be that disruptor for, for the Bears' defense. And when you look along that line, yes, there is no Khalil Mack, but Travis Gibson is a guy that I think he should have a good season in 2022. We'll definitely have a lot more opportunities. I don't know if he's going to be playing alongside Robert Quinn, who – Outside of being being there to receive a Brian Pickle Award earlier this offseason, he's been a no-show at these mini camps, these OTAs. And if that is the, the scenario that the Bears are playing with, with no Robert Quinn, then you're really looking at a lack of depth along the edge for the Bears' defensive line. But a lot can be put on Justin Jones to be a, a key component in the interior of that Bears' defense. And really on Travis Gibson, who's going into year three and had a clear year last year in terms of sack production and, and tackles. So it's going to be a big emphasis on those two to get things right for the Bears defense line. Nick, before we let you go here, we know that the Bears brought in a lot of new players, um, three of whom have already been arrested. So I know that it's a weird situation with Matt Eberflus, but like, how, how do you, what do you view that to be? Because it's not typically a team that we see that happen with in the offseason. Yeah, it's like at this point in time, you rather not hear anything about any of your players. You want to make the training camp without any news. So it's for the Bears, it's like, you obviously, you don't want to see this. You don't want to see guys like Byron Pringle, who's supposed to be a key contributor on the offense, get arrested, Matthew Adams, and guys like that. But it, it's 
for for the Bears right now, they they're just a team that not, didn't take a lot of chances on guys that maybe had a history. When when Ryan Pace was general manager, and you know he kind of did that in, in this case with some of these players, but. It, it, it seems like with the individual cases, not the most like serious of scenarios. And, you know, you just want to go from now until training camp, which we'll be here in a couple of weeks without hearing any more news. Things staying quiet would be the best thing for the Chicago Bears at this point. Nick Moriano, <laughs> Bears reporter for CHGO, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas here on Canty and Carlin. Nick, thanks so much. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.